the year Universal Century 0092. Neo's Yon, led by a familiar face, sends a group of special forces to Earth, led by Frederick Broad, on a vital mission. The Dogs of War manga was penned by none other than mangaka Kondo Kazuhisa and was published in 1988. This will be the basis of Season 4 for the Gundam Book Club. Spoiler alert, as always. It features events between Double Zeta Gundam and Shars Karatak, so if you haven't seen these shows yet, then please be warned. It has been more than 10 years since the Battle of Abawaku. One important piece of data was analyzed from a hack of a former Xeon central computer at the abandoned lunar base of Granada. Several nuclear warheads were buried in a mining base controlled by Maku base several miles underground on Earth. The Neo-Zeon army sent a special mobile suit team to the mine site under the jurisdiction of the Earth Federation to obtain the missiles before the Federation can discover them first. Winter of Universal Century, 0092. Chapter 3 C. Umi The Garadoga team is presently loaded into the Mad Angler subs. Once loaded into the special design mobile suit hold, the submarine sets sail. Deck personnel prepare to dive immediately. The submarines then submerge into the depths of the Atlantic Ocean to set sail for their intended destination. Meanwhile, in the mobile suit bay of the submarines, technicians prepare the squad of Garadoga units for their next assignment. Several officers were overseeing the needed prep work and issuing orders. Focus on undercarriage maintenance. The mud from the jungle will be stuck all over. Right, move it more to the right. Also, the paid scheme is more suitable as sand camouflage, one officer said. A deckhand said, Roger. From a platform above the fray, Paolo, Mesh, and Takin were observing the busy repairs. Paolo looked somewhat forlorn and said, Man, I don't get it. What's gotten into you anyway, Paolo? Mesh asked. Do we have to go to the surface to steal a nuclear warhead? Is it because the manufacturing of anatomic bonds is banned because of the Antarctic Treaty? Neozyamas have at least 10 to 20 atomic warheads. The hell are you talking about? Mesh answered. Uranium-235, which is the basis for making nuclear warheads, can only be found around the ground. Presently, the territory that produces uranium is within the control of the Earth Federation government. Xeon does not have any plans to make any nuclear warheads. That means we are completely lack resources. The fact is, they were desperate to get the hands on even one nuke, Takin said. Mesh, wearing his sunglasses like a quattro Bergina, answered, just like Takin said. Meanwhile, on the bridge of the sub, an operator was seated behind a display. An alarm started to ping. The operator turned and beckoned the captain over to his station. What's up, the captain asked. Detected the sound of a screw propeller of a small ship approaching. The captain ordered the ship to stop and raise the periscope. The submarine commander looked through the periscope and looked out of the surface for any contacts. 
A small warship came into view on the scope. The captain spotted the ship and said, Is that it? The captain then bellowed, Enemy destroyer approaching. Dive, dive, maximum speed and hard to port. He then also ordered, Launch the mobile seat team immediately. The Federation destroyer spotted the sub and launched several modified GMs meant for underwater usage. In response, the Mad Angler team just deployed their Zugok team from the belly of the subs, just like from that first episode of Gundam 0080. Confirmed, four enemy mobile suits heading from 6 o'clock GM type, one of the Zugok uh, officers noted. The team leader got on the comms and ordered, all units prepare for a counterattack. Shoot at each individual enemy unit. Roger. A fierce underwater battle ensued. One of the jam tights was quickly dispatched. Meanwhile, the destroyer came under fire. Explosions beset it on either side. It deployed depth charges from the port and starboard side. The submarine was engulfed in explosions by the depth charges. A Zugok pilot got on the comms and communicated with the Mad Angler lead sub. Yukon 57, this is Mystery 3. The enemy is at heading 118 at 60 degrees. The spot on the sub looking at the display said it was heading at a speed of 15 knots in a south-southeast heading. The weapons officer confirmed that they had locked onto the enemy destroyer above. The captain ordered the missile to open fire the destroyer. Four missiles were launched from the forward compartment of the lead submarine. They headed upwards to this unsuspecting vessel. The destroyer detonated and a massive fireball could be seen. The Federation ship was lost with all hands on board, along with the remaining GM types. Kondo-san really enjoys telling stories from the Xeon, or Neo-Xeon perspective. He had mentioned as much uh, that he felt that the Xeon forces were underdogs and gravitated to her side in his interview. A link is provided in the show notes. As I have also mentioned, the depiction of Xeon and Neo-Xeon is a more serious and professional lot of soldiers and officers, not like some bubbling individuals as seen in the first Gundam or the first half of Gundam Double Zeta. They work in a coordinated fashion and seem to be very effective soldiers. The aesthetic of this chapter seems to come right out of a World War II German submarine movie like Das Boot. From the confined nature of the bridge to the, cap- the captain war with the Eagle logo note on the front, if it wasn't a story that featured mobile suits, I would have sworn this is a World War II manga for a second. For this episode, I'll talk about Uranium-235. Clearly, I'm not a nuclear physicist, but it seems to be interesting to get into considering uh, they mentioned the isotope during this chapter. Uranium is a naturally occurring chemical element denoted as the symbol U on the periodic table. Uh, P.S. I can already hear your eyes rolling and groan through the podcast. It is the atomic number of 92 and is a silvery gray metal in the actinide series. It is weakly radioactive, however, all isotopes are unstable. Its half life ranges from as short as 159,200 to 4.5 billion years. The most common isotopes are uranium 238, which accounts for 99% of all uranium found on Earth, and uranium 235, which is 143 neutrons instead of 146 like uranium 238. And this accounts for 0.72% of all uranium found on Earth. It is about 70% denser than lead. It occurs naturally in low concentrations or a few parts per million soil 
rock and water and is commercially extracted from uranium bearing minerals such as uraninite. Uranium-235 is the only naturally occurring fissile isotope which makes it useful for nuclear power plants such as energy source or as a nuclear weapon. A fission chain reaction produces an intermediate mass fragment which are highly radioactive and produce further energy by their radioactive decay. Some of these produce neutrons called Le neutrons which contribute to the fission chain reaction. In a nuclear weapon, the reaction is uncontrolled and a large amount of energy releases to a massive nuclear explosion. <clears throat> Uranium-235 has a half-life of 703.8 million years and was discovered in 1935 by Arthur Jeffrey Dempster. During the fission chain reaction of one atom of U-235, it releases 202.5 millimeVs um, inside of a reactor. The little boy nuclear bomb dropped on August 6, 1945 in Hiroshima was made from highly enriched uranium. For a nuclear weapon to be used, it must have 85% or more of its uranium-235, also known as weapons grade. A cruder or less efficient weapon can be used if, if it's about 20% enrichment, also known as weapons usable. Besides being used as a nuclear weapon, uranium-235 can be used as fuel for fission-based nuclear power plants and as a power source for orbiting satellites. Regarding this passing mention of Uranium-235 in the chapter, it does seem appropriate that it would be sought after to make nuclear weapons even in the universal century. It also does seem logical, given the state of Neozeon following Gun the Double Zeta, and just before Shars counterattack, that the Federation would likely control the location where uranium deposits remained. It does track that these troops would be trying to locate these mines of weapons that were under once Colonel McCovey's control. For this week's analysis, there are links in the show notes for you to refer to if you'd like. Next episode, Chapter 4, Joriku Landing. The Mad Angler submarine group left the east coast of South America and set sail for the Hormuz Strait. The special ops team stood ready to engage with the unsuspecting Federation force. Meanwhile, Federation and Kind prepared a massive mobile suit to deal with this new threat. Please be sure to check out the Twitter page at Gun Sentinel 2, Instagram at Gun Sentinel Podcast, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Gun Sentinel Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate and give a review on whatever means you listen to this podcast, and tell your gun and loving to talk friend to check it out. Until next time.